Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho, and I appreciate you checking out the podcast. I'm looking forward to you hearing today's episode of the podcast. It was a really wonderful opportunity I had a, a few weeks ago and a subject matter that I haven't had a chance to really sink my teeth into since the new show started. And occasionally I'm going to do this with podcasts where if there's something I feel like, uh, as Mitch and I were actually, I walked out of a meeting with Mitch Rosen and he described it as stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor. And like, yeah, that's how we do it because we put our two hours together and sometimes we don't get to all the things that we want to get to on the show. And when the mood strikes, if there's something that I really want to talk about or enjoy talking about or a guest that brought up something that I didn't think about until later, I want to go back and discuss some of those issues. And that's the case with today's episode and the guest for the podcast. Dan Roan is an anchor at Channel 9 in Chicago. He's been there for a really long time. So long has he been here is that I was his intern 20, 22 years ago. So in 1997, as I was finishing school at DePaul, I had the opportunity to go intern at Channel 9, and I loved it. It was perfect for me because it was right at a point in my senior year, is first it was weird that they allowed me to intern as a senior. Usually DePaul had been like junior year, like that's when you could do it. But I started out as an intern there in 1997, and I loved my time there. I was working for Krista Ruck, who is the executive producer over at Channel 2 now. I was working for Harry Gold, longtime television producer, Rich King, and Dan Rome. And... It was at a point where I was thinking about whether or not I was going to go to law school or join the Navy and have the Navy pay for me to go to law school or I was going to go teach. But I still had broadcasting kind of in the back of my mind. I'm more of a radio guy. I've kind of always been. But I really thought that my experience at Channel 9 was valuable because I learned TV, even if I didn't think necessarily I would end up doing TV. Fast forward and I do a TV, a seasonal TV show and occasionally pop up on television. But I learned a lot of stuff working for that group of people. And it's a group of people that I respect. I, I have a lot of respect for how Channel 9 has done everything. I think they do everything right. And I'll just tell you, because we family, right? We family. I don't know if... You know that I dabble in TV, and I was a sports anchor at Channel 5 for a long time, and I, I enjoy doing that. I don't know if there's another place where I would want a traditional sports casting job other than Channel 9 at this point. I think they do it right. I think Jen Lyons, who's in charge over there, is tremendous. I think she's one of the best programmers in the country. Their morning show is unbelievable. And they have Dan. And so Dan has just been plugging away over at Channel 9 for years. And he's just great. And we joke around here, he's, he's Silk Man, because he's smooth. The delivery is just on point. But when we were in, we had a conversation about his career. But I think the more important conversation was about how media has changed. And with the Cubs getting ready to start up their marquee network, how – Sports viewership in Chicago is being divided up where you have on one side NBC Sports Chicago, which full disclosure, I work for them. 
we're now going to have this group of Blackhawks, Bulls, and White Sox. And all of the games that aren't national are pretty much going to be on NBC Sports Chicago. So that's great. The Cubs used to be a part of that group at NBC Sports Chicago, but they're going out and they're building their own thing, their own network. And I'm very interested in how it all comes together. I'm interested in what they're going to charge as a fee. And I I thought I could share a little bit of of knowledge, not on what they're going to charge, but what the industry looks like. I get frustrated all the time when people tell me how much they hate ESPN. The reason that I'm frustrated is you can hate ESPN all you want, but have you gotten rid of it on your cable system? Because if you haven't, if your protest is, I'm not going to watch ESPN, then it does no good. And let me tell you why. One of the ways that ESPN makes money, the model the model of most places that you watch or listen to is we give you content we hope the content is compelling we find advertisers that you'll listen to and use when we need to take a break from our content what's happened in cable television is there's the subscription fee aspect of it so if you looked at your cable bill if you have cable or DirecTV, there's a, there's a fee for each little bundle of channels that you have. Most of those bundles are, are nothing as far as what it costs you per month. ESPN, in particular, costs you a whole lot of money. Almost $8 a month. Which is why you can be mad at ESPN if you want, but unless you don't have it in your package of channels you're not having the impact that you think that you're having. You can say that, well, I won't, I won't watch because I don't like whatever, whatever your beef is with them. But at the end of the day, ESPN laughs at you if you're still subscribing to them because every year you're giving them $100 to not watch. Go look. Go look at how much ESPN costs you a month. I know the cable bills and most people have opted out of the paper ones, but if you still get the paper one, see how much it's going to cost you. And that's a big question when it comes to the Cubs network, Marquee. I think that that number will probably be, the ESPN's is the highest in the, in the game at around $8. I think it's $7.89 the last time I checked. Theirs is the highest in the game. To put that in context, Fox News, which is a very highly watched cable channel, theirs is only about $2, a little less than $2 per month to subscribe to. That's how ESPN can pay for their contracts with the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball because of all the people that subscribe around the country. Now, they've seen a, a drop in that subscription list. Lots of people have decided to cut the cord. Many more haven't. And now they're figuring out other ways to get your money, like ESPN+. And they're succeeding in that regard. But I'm curious to see what the Cubs end up charging. And I know there are some people who said, look, I just can't. I've pushed my budget as far as my budget can go. I can't go any further. 
I would imagine that that the number for the Cubs network is somewhere between three fifty and five fifty per month. That's what I think it's going to cost people, and then it'll be up to you whether or not you want to do it. What what ends up happening at Marquee? I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to program their station by simulcasting the score, for example, or if they're going to create completely new content that is available to them. I don't know. It'll be interesting. They've done some cool stuff the Cubs have on their YouTube channel, and I wonder if for a while that'll be their their content until they figure out exactly how they want to program it. And they don't have a lot of time. I mean, this this is coming up in November when this thing is supposed to launch. So putting it all together will be a, a very interesting process. Meanwhile, that means for the old partners that they're going to lose out on a lot of revenue. The Cubs generate revenue. People watch the Cubs. It's easy to sell the Cubs, especially over the last five years or so. One of the places that is probably affected the most. You know, I, t- I told you about NBC Sports Chicago. They, at least at the end of this, will still have the Bulls, the Blackhawks, and the White Sox. WGN Television, Channel 9, on the other hand, is in a really interesting predicament. They have been branded with the Cubs since baseball has been on television. And now, all of a sudden, they're not going to have the Cubs anymore. It's possible, and the Yes Network does this. I think the Yes Networks give give 10 games per year to WPIX in New York. So it's possible that some games could end up back on Channel 9 after the Cubs Network launches because then they can use Channel 9 as a way to promote the Cubs Network. See what I mean? That for people who don't have Cubs Network – you're watching a game on Channel 9, and it's like, hey, if you want to watch the entire Cubs schedule, you can watch it on Cubs Network. Channel blah, blah, blah on your DirecTV or cable, whatever. But it hit me real hard when I was watching opening day, and Channel 9 had opening day, and I was watching Dan Rohn, the guy that I grew up with in this business, quite literally, as you hear us talk in this conversation, hear him talk about how this was the last opening day for Channel 9. And it really hit me that perhaps we should have a broader discussion on the topic. So, it's a long-winded way of me telling you that that's the conversation that Dan and I had about what this means for Channel 9, what's this going to be like for Cubs fans, and what we should pay attention to. And he's got some, uh, he's got some strong views on it. You know, Dan has always been a guy that is 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 played things pretty straight, and he he came with the thunder, I think, on this one. So this is me and Dan Roan talking about some of these big picture issues that has to do with the Cubs network and the impact of the Cubs no longer being on free television. You know, we're getting ready to make the turn into summer, and at GN it'll be coming into the home stretch because, uh, as most people would know by this point, we're not going to have. Uh, at least as far as we know, uh, any more games on GN at the end of the baseball season. Uh, the Cubs are going off on their own. The Sox and the Bulls and the Hawks have kind of banded together, and they're all headed over to NBC Sports Chicago. So we're uh, kind of left out in the cold and wondering how everything's going to go. 
I wanted to talk to you about this. I saw you on opening day. You know, I came home from doing the show, I, and I saw you doing all the opening day stuff on Channel 9, and I went, oh, my goodness. Like, this is going to be the last opening day on Channel 9. How weird is it? It's been your whole career and beyond. It's been, what, 72 years that the, the relationship between the Cubs and WGN has been there. How weird is this to kind of live in this space where this is the last season of it? Yeah, 72 years, and I've been there for the back half of it, you know, 36 years. And really, I think a lot of us are trying not to think really hard about it right now. I think we're just kind of going about our business and doing what we always do. And, you know, I'm going to say it right here. I think the games that we do, I think the video, the production, I think it's all better than anybody else does. And I would also say that that doesn't make a bit of difference to the powers that be over there. So, you know, for what it's worth, um, yeah, we're just kind of doing our stuff right now and, and kind of waiting to see what happens. I, I, at, the, at the time that, you know, you come into the business and you see it grow, do you think that, that the way that sports is now being distributed is maybe one of the biggest differences from the moment you walked into Channel 9 versus now? Oh, there are so many, Lawrence. I mean, I think I think when I first started, we may have still been shooting film in 1984, at least a little bit. Um, so in terms of change, I think in general the technology is the big thing, obviously. But, uh, yeah, the delivering systems uh, for all the sports stuff is certainly uh, different than it was then. Uh, you know, there were a lot of places didn't have any cable TV at all back then. And all you could do was watch it on GN, which was fine because we had every single game. Um, it's changed over the years. We farmed out some of it to Comcast Sportsnet and then uh, Fox and CBS and NBC and whoever had the national package would do some games. And, of course, we were busy in, in other areas too. It wasn't just the Cubs, obviously. We had the White Sox all during the summer. Now we have, in this our final summer, we have 45 Cubs and 55 Sox, I think, so 100 in total. But I remember when the Cubs uh, finally broke through and got in the playoffs there in 98, we had 210 games wow. over the summer. A lot of doubleheaders, all kinds of crazy stuff. Again, another thing that's gone by the wayside, doubleheaders. Well, the, the other aspect of this, and I promise this isn't going to be the whole time that you're here, <laughs> but the other aspect of it is when the Blackhawks finally decided, when Rocky was like, hey, Let's put games on television that the you guys were there. Like this was an opportunity for them to get their product out to to the local fan, and I think played a big role in growing that that fan base once they got it on television. Well, we were uh, when that happened. You know, when I first started working there, there was no hockey on TV. I don't think uh, maybe somebody had a few road games, but there wasn't very much at all. And during the first years that I was there, we were begging the Blackhawks to let us do a 10-game package of Sunday night road games or something like that. And uh, Mr. Wirtz had uh, nothing to say to us. He had no interest in it whatsoever. Um, we're still trying to figure out what his thought process was on all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like I, I get it that it's proprietary and you're trying to keep it for yourself. And I guess now, once you get to what the Cubs are doing, what the Dodgers have done, what the Yankees have done, like that's kind of the the idealized version of that. 
but to keep your fan base in the dark, to to not allow them to watch the games, it just it seemed like a bad way to market. Well, things. dude, they were road games, right? So you know, he the big line was, "I want to protect my season ticket holders." They were road games. You know, what difference would that make to your season ticket holders other than to give them some enjoyment? But anyway, so that never happened, and then. Uh, the management change happened in 2007, I think it was. And then uh, they came to us, and they didn't beg us to take the games, but they almost did. And we were in the middle of that CW programming, so we actually had some primetime programming that uh, we had some responsibilities for. But we figured out a way to do the 20 games, and we did 20 games a year for the last 11 years. And it was a pretty good marriage. I think everything worked out well uh, financially, program-wise. I think everybody was happy. In fact, uh, April 1 was our final game, uh, that home game against Winnipeg. And at uh, 4.30 in the afternoon, we all went into the players' lounge downstairs, and John McDonough and Jay were in there, and uh, they told us how much they appreciated what we'd done for them. And it was very nice of him to do it, and he meant it. And he said, uh, John said that he thought, you know, it's never over till it's over. Maybe something will happen, but uh, I don't think there's much hope in that. The role of the traditional sportscaster, of which I think like if, if Chicagoans are thinking traditional sportscaster, they think Dan Rohn. <laughs> but the role of the traditional sportscaster has changed. How does that change the way that you put together a cast? Um, you know, I don't, it, it hasn't changed that much for me. And I think uh, as a sportscaster working in Chicago, I'm very lucky. And I think Mark and, and Ryan and everybody else in town is very lucky in the fact that uh, this is a very parochial city. Uh, people really care about their stuff and they want to see it. And, you know, a lot of markets will say uh, Vegas and Detroit and some of the other markets that, whose TV stations have totally dropped sports will say, well, they can get it on ESPN or whatever, well, they can't get the local stuff on ESPN. They might get a highlight anymore. They don't even do that, basically. So uh, I think we serve a pretty good purpose here, and I think the audiences that uh, that the stations get in town, I think, reflect that. I think people like to see what their teams are doing. They like to hear what's going on behind the scenes, and, you know, that's a service we can provide. So as it stands, there actually hasn't been a lot of news about the Cubs network over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I, I've talked to some people inside the industry about it, and I hate to, to tease you with like I know something, but I don't know anything for sure about where things stand. I just know that they, they do have to get a product out here in November, and it'll be interesting to watch whether – People will draw a line in the sand of having Cubs games for free your whole life. There's a there's a fun little parallel here if you want. I mean, I know I'm talking about your money, and that's not always funny, but you you could you could have a parallel with the rooftop owners where you're the rooftop owner. And for your whole life, you've been watching Cubs baseball for free. And they've been like, great. And now they're like, no, you can't watch it anymore. So you're gonna pay this subscription fee to our Cubs network. It's a good business model. If you had a product like that that people wanted, you'd probably do it too. But I'm very curious on what they think the price point is going to be and whether or not there are going to be people that jump on. 
It's also a little bit complicated because of the 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 rules on streaming games. MLB is is a little bit draconian of streaming local games. They they gave up gave it up a little bit. Like if you want it now for the rest of the season, games that are on NBC Sports Chicago are streamed. I don't know if the Cubs are going to do that. It's their choice, but they don't want to necessarily give away something for free. And maybe that'll go into the subscription fee as well. So we'll see. It's a story that I imagine that we'll have multiple podcasts on as we get closer and closer to Cubs Network launching. But I wanted you to hear what Dan had to say about it because it's really, it's an end of an era. It's absolutely an end of an era with no more Cubs games on Channel 9. And seeing how fans react to that is one of the most interesting things in sports media. The Cubs network and how they decide to program it, everyone who covers sports media is paying very close attention to it. And so am I. So I promise you there will be more episodes on this. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Lawrence W. Holmes, if you have some thoughts on it. Thanks to Dan Roan for being as candid as he was and as professional as he always is. Talk to you next time.